Good morning. Welcome back to Crossroads. Everybody's got their bathroom break in, their donut in their mouth. Um, you've said hi to some people. You've got coffee. I think everything's checked off. We can get rolling. Well, good morning. It's so good to be here. Um, so last week, uh, Adam and Nate did an incredible job just sharing about what it looks like to go. Uh, we talked about our, the whole concept of Crossroads Go and going into all of the world and all of the oppor- incredible opportunities that we have here at Crossroads. And so this week, we're going to switch gears just a little bit, and we're going to talk about uh, one of the other ways that we live out uh, what, what Jesus has called us to do, and that is through groups and, and through what we call Crossroads Groups. And so I'm excited to get to kind of share about this today um, for a few reasons. Uh, one of those is I don't like large groups. So believe it or not, the bigger the group gets, the less I enjoy being in that group. Yeah, all my, all my small group people, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, it's, you, the bigger the group gets, the quieter I get, the more reserved I get, the more back in the corner I get. Uh, I enjoy smaller settings. And so some of the reasons I enjoy so much talking about groups and, and, and what that concept looks like and how that plays out uh, within the church, you know, to, and, and just to be real honest with you this morning, uh, kind of my story in all of this is church has kind of been this thing I, I, I've been in my whole life, uh, been, been a part of various churches, uh, been on staff at churches, been involved in ministry at churches, and I've always had this kind of love-hate relationship with Sunday mornings. So I'm just going to like rip it open here, okay? Uh, so Sunday mornings are like large groups of people. And usually it's like a a group of people leading a few songs. It's usually one, maybe two people up front talking. And while I enjoy that, sometimes, and and I went through this whole kind of stage in my life, phase in my life, where I just didn't like going on Sunday mornings. I I just, I would show up on Sunday mornings, I, I would be there, and I would go home, and it was just, it was kind of this thing I would just do because, well, that's what every good Christian does, right? And, and it, was, it was really, for me, it, it was more this understanding this large group experience that, that fulfills a part of what the Bible talks about and, and is a part of, of our walk with Christ. But if that's all I'm giving myself to, I kind of am coming up a little short. I kind of am coming up a little empty, and, and it, can, it can feel a little hollow. It can feel a little like I'm checking off the box to show up on a Sunday morning to, to a large gathering or a Saturday night or a Friday night or whenever that large gathering happens, I can show up to that, and I've checked off the box, and, and I'm, I'm following Jesus. Yay. Um, but, but I kind of had this whole like, ah, and, and even to the point where I was like, you know what, I just, just want to stop going on Sunday mornings. Like, I just forget Sunday mornings. They're, they're not doing anything for me and, and, and all of those things. And so I've kind of journeyed through this, this, this walk in my life. And, and I remember it was probably about five or six years ago. It was around Christmas time. 
And I was just kind of fed up with uh, Sunday morning church. And I remember Jesus just gently, because he does this to you, just kind of come alongside me and go, what's wrong? I'm like, this whole church thing, like, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of done with it, Jesus. And he's like, so the whole thing, the, the church thing, that, like all of this that I've created, my body, like you're done with that? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Now, now that you put it like that, totally. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we had this whole conversation. I remember just, you know, all of my complaints and all of his rebuttals, and, and we're just having this back and forth. So I came to this place of him saying, will you fall in love with my church all over again? Will you fall in love with the the very body that I created to take my love into this world? And I remember it was just this this like dawning thing on me in that moment of, I've just got to fall in love all over again. I've got to fall in love all over again with Jesus, and I've got to fall in love all over again with this church. And that means that there are many different expressions of what his church looks like. It also means that his church is made up of people like me and like you that are broken, and we get it wrong sometimes, and, 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 and we say things wrong sometimes, and we mess up. And, and the beauty of all of that brokenness coming together in, in what he has called to be the church and facilitating his love in the world, what it looks like. And so all of these various expressions of the church has, is what I've just kind of grown to, to be in love with and, and to enjoy, whether it's, it's a large gathering where I get to, you know, high-five some people, say hello, ask, you know, ask a few questions, or whether it's a, a, a smaller setting where we get to ask some deeper questions um, or, or we get to talk a little bit more, pray for each other, really, really start to learn what we're all going through. All of those different expressions are what makes the church beautiful. And so I just want to invite you into this conversation with me this morning. And I wanted to share that because I think it's so important that when we talk about groups uh, and, and, and we talk about these smaller settings where we come together, that, that we understand how all of this kind of moves and goes together. That whether we're in, in a large setting or whether we're in a small setting, it's all important to the life of the church. It's all important to us as, as we are discipled and coming closer to Jesus. You know, our mission here at Crossroads says, love God and love people. It's that simple. And when I think about groups, when I think the power of groups, and I think about those two simple things, love God and love people, I think about how well that can be played out in the settings of small groups. Uh, I read some quotes recently that say things like this. Homes are not built to share time with neighbors as in the past. They are now built for privacy. We don't build front porches anymore to sit on and enjoy time with neighbors. We sit front porches now to put some nice furniture on and stage it so that everybody thinks we have a really beautiful front porch. But we've created, and I remember, so I grew up in the South, and in the South, we had chain link fences, if we had a fence, and we had front porches that people sat on and talked. I remember about, now, let's see, it's 20, so about 12 years ago, I moved out West, and we moved to Phoenix, 
to the concrete jungle that Phoenix is. I remember we're going and we're looking at houses, and every single house has like eight-foot-tall cinder block walls around the backyard, and then every house has like double, triple, quadruple car garages that everybody like hits the button, pulls into, and lowers it and goes in. I remember it was such a like culture shift for me because all of a sudden I was living in a neighborhood and I had no clue who else lived in my neighborhood. I would go into the bat cave, do my thing, and leave the next morning. And, and it was just, it, it was this, it, it was this different like lifestyle for me, but, but I think about just in our culture as a whole, we, we, we start to live more in isolation. COVID put us more into isolation. We learn to live kind of in our, in our own little bubble. Um, another quote said, welcome to the 21st century. Retreating from the busyness and intensity of work life, we come home, put the garage door down, and escape. Our goal is, avoid, is to avoid people at all costs and cost us, it does. We are a culture craving relationships in the midst of our crowded existence. Many of us are living lonely lives. We live and work in a sea of humanity, but we end up missing out on the benefits of regular, meaningful relationships. And this is where the need for groups comes into the picture. Because I can be very honest, it's very easy to come into a large group, show up, and sneak out, and never feel known, seen, or heard. It's, it's very easy to be in large groups and yet feel isolated and alone. And so that's where these smaller groups come into play because it's a place where we get to know each other. It's a place where we get to bear who we are. It's a, it's a place that we, we get to learn what discipleship looks like face-to-face with another human being. It's a place where Jesus shows up in a very intimate way and, and takes the experiences we have in large settings and breaks them down into a smaller setting that we can start to digest and grow and learn and breathe in. And I think there's no better place than the early church to talk about what this looks like, all the way back to Acts chapter 2. And if we remember, if you're familiar, Acts chapter 2 happens right after Jesus went back uh, he, he ascended back to heaven, and he left the Holy Spirit um, to, to inhabit his people. And uh, the, the setting there where there were about 120 people uh, that, that stayed in this upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit to, to come down on them. And, and when the Holy Spirit showed up, some incredible things happened in the first part of, the, of Acts chapter 2. You can read about that, about the Holy Spirit coming upon the, the church for the first time. And, and what that looks like. But then a little bit later in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, we get a glimpse. And I wish, I wish that it was more than just five verses. I, I wish that there were like just chapters that would expound upon verses 42 through 47 and just give us a really like, spell it out for us. Tell us what every single day looked like. Um, because what you have to understand is the book of Acts was kind of just a story of the early church. It, it, it was them working out this, this newfound thing that, that Jesus left them with that we now know as the church. And it's the story of them working that out. But in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, I, I really kind of broke it down into four things that we see here. Verses 42 through 43 say this. 
They spent their time learning from the apostles, and they were like family to each other. They also broke bread and prayed together. Everyone was amazed by the many miracles and wonders that the apostles worked. You see, this early church was growing together. They, they were sitting and they were listening to teaching. They, you know, they were showing up maybe to a large gathering and, and, and listening to, to teaching that, that was being given. Uh, they, were, they were coming together and sharing with each other. And, and miracles were happening. Like, stuff was happening. It, it wasn't just like, hey, it was, there was this outworking of what the Holy Spirit was doing, and they were growing in, in, in what they were finding out through what the Holy Spirit was doing. And then verses 43 through 45 says this, that all of the Lord's followers often met together, and they shared everything they had. They would sell their property and possessions and give the money to whoever was in need. See, they were ministering to each other. They were going... We're all in this together. We are going to live this out together. They were selling things, and, and I, I go, wow, what would that look like? Like, I'm going to sell this and, and give it to you, and I, I, I'm going to share this with you. And, and, and there's something that, that I have to think about in that is you really have to know and understand intimately the needs of the people you're in relationship with to get to that level. Like, like there's, a, there's a depth to those relationships that, that you're going, I'm going to give up something of value for myself so that I can help you out. In the verse 46, it says, day after day, they met together in the temple, a large gathering in the temple. And then they broke bread together in different homes and shared their food happily and freely. See, they were living in worship and fellowship. They, they, were, they were coming together in these large gatherings, and then they were breaking it down and meeting in homes and eating together. You see, we, why were they willing to sell things for each other? Why were they willing to, to really give to each other? Because they were in such deep relationship that it wasn't just, we're going to show up to the temple, hear great teaching, go our separate ways, go do our jobs and do our thing. They were taking both of these things and putting them together meeting in homes, sharing meals together, asking questions, finding out what each other were going through, finding out the nitty-gritty, finding out the stuff that, that you usually don't share in a large group, but that you'll be willing to share among friends in an intimate setting. Verse 47, all of this while praising God, everyone liked them, and each day the Lord added to their group others who were being saved. Here's the key. This taking it bigger and bringing it down into these smaller groups and living relationship, it started becoming so attractive that people just were magnetized to it. You see, this wasn't about people going from really large groups to really small groups and, and, and kind of closing all the doors and and shutting everybody out. It was this public display of what it looked like to live in relationship with other, and people were being added daily. Here's what I believe. The early church was the first multi-level marketing program <laughs> in the world. Like, they had it down, okay? Um, here's the thing. At the beginning of Acts chapter 1, there were 120 people. 
120 people in that upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. By Acts chapter 20, scholars roughly believe through all of their deduction and reasoning that there were between 50 to 100,000 people that were a part of the church. 120 people, so we'll go 50, we'll just split it in half, 75,000. 120 people to 75,000 in those 20 chapters of the book of Acts. Now here's what I know to be true about what happened in the book of Acts. There were not mass evangelism conferences. There were not mass crusades where people would come down to an altar and, and give their life to Christ. There was an instance in, in when the Holy Spirit first fell that there was kind of like a, a mass convention, you could call it, like this was kind of crazy. But the day-to-day outpouring of his Holy Spirit and the day-to-day walking out of the book of Acts looked like people meeting in large groups and then coming together in homes and in smaller groups and people being attracted to this relational model that was happening within the church. And it was this explosive growth that, that people wanted to be a part of. And all of this in the midst of persecution. All of this in the midst of the church not having freedom to really do anything big. Because you don't want to draw too much attention. You don't, you don't want to make it too obvious. So all of this in the midst of persecution, the church was learning how to take teachings and how to take these large group settings and bring them down into homes over a meal together, praying for each other, listening to needs, learning how to share with each other. Hebrews 10.24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I think about that scripture in the context of the early church of them going, how can we sit together and, Don, how can I come beside you? Sit down with you at dinner. How can I motivate you towards love and good deeds and good works? Let's, let's talk this through. Let's motivate each other. Because I can, I can get up here on a, on a Sunday and, and motivate you and tell you to go do this stuff. I can tell myself to go do that stuff. But if I can get down with you and face to face and we can talk it out and we, we can say, what, do, what does that actually look like? And I can challenge each other. And we can hold each other accountable, motivating one another to, to love and good works, to fulfill our mission of loving God and loving people. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. That, that as we come together in these smaller groups, as we come together alongside each other, that we sharpen each other. That sometimes that means there's some rough edges that we kind of shave off of each other. Here's the part that I didn't say earlier about groups. As much as I love small groups, they can be painful sometimes. <laughs> because sometimes... I have some rough edges that I need to be shaved off. But how much better for me to have those shaved off by someone that I'm walking in relationship with, that I'm bearing my soul, that they know my good 
side and my bad side. And we can talk those things out and we can, we can look at scripture. We can look to, to the Father. We can look to Jesus and go, how does, how does this work? And we can, we can shave, we can, we can sharpen each other. We can invite the Holy Spirit to work in and through us to just like the, the early church, miracles were happening. I mean, how cool is it that you can get together with, with, with a small group of people and God does something so incredible in that moment that it just emphasizes your faith and empowers you to then go out and find somebody else to share the power of the Holy Spirit with. And so this is the picture that I want to paint for you of what that looks like at Crossroads and and what we're attempting to do. I want to do that with a house. And so I want to start in the foyer. You walk into a foyer. You know, foyers are usually pretty formal. They're, you know, a place that you even every once in a while will let a door-to-door salesman into. Maybe, if you really want to get sucked in. <laughs> um, but, but it's this kind of open space that, that people can come into, and, and, it, and it's, it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a little more than, like, just peeking through the front door, you know, like, kind of talking to them, like, what do you want, let me, or through the ring doorbell, like, you just two-way. We don't even open the door anymore. We just talk to them through the ring doorbell and find out what they want. Um, so, so, so you're inviting someone into your home, but it's more of a formal setting. And, and, and I think about that when it comes to the church and maybe like a Sunday morning. It says, you know, we're family here, but it's more of a formal setting. People are coming in. They are welcome. Maybe you're here and you're just investigating what this whole church thing is about. And we're happy to have you here. And, and we're just hanging out in the foyer. And we're getting to know you a little bit. We're getting to know each other. We're you know, asking a few questions, we're sharing a little bit of our story. It's just this kind of, kind of first step. But then, you know, if it's a, if it feels right, we'll we'll go from the foyer into the living room. We'll go sit on the couch. We'll share a little bit more. You know, sometimes we like having people over and playing games. Maybe we'll play a game around the, around the coffee table, have some fun together. Get to know a little bit more about people. Get to know a little bit more about our stories. Um, but then if you really want to, like, go deep, show up at the kitchen table. And at the kitchen table, something happens when food gets involved. <laughs> like, when food gets involved, we just let down all our defenses, you know, because we're busy stuffing our mouth and enjoying the food and, and talking about that, and, and you just start sharing. You just start talking. And, and being around a kitchen table just looks like that intimacy. And, and then, you know, it's like you, you start reaching across each other, and, you're, you know, we don't pass food at our house. We just reach and grab. Um, you know, you're just reaching and you're grabbing. You know, I think about Thanksgiving dinner when people are all around the table and you're laughing, and you're just having fun, and, it, and it's just this, this intimate setting where it's very different from the foyer. It's, it's very different from this kind of formal introduction to who Jesus is, formal, formal introduction to what the church is, a place where you can kind of step in the foyer and get back out. You see, once you've been in my kitchen table, I know what your face looks like. <laughs> I remember you. 
We can, we, can, we can reference that the next time we see each other. You see, it starts to become a much more intimate thing because we're sharing life, we're sharing a meal together. And so with groups at Crossroads, our hope and our desire is that the kitchen table just keeps getting bigger and bigger, but not just one kitchen table. You see, because if there's just one giant kitchen table, it, it, it's, it's fun, it's nice, but when you start getting a lot of different kitchen tables and people interacting and, and, and Jesus is doing things at all these different kitchen tables, and then you start getting to share what Jesus is doing, and then this kitchen table is like, Overflowing, They're like, we don't have enough food left for this kitchen table, so we're going to start another kitchen table over here, and then some more people are going to get to come to that one. And then, like, that's, that's what happened in the book of Acts. It was this exponential growth of people coming down, sitting around a kitchen table together, and growing in relationship, and growing in community, growing in discipleship, growing in the ways of Jesus together. And you're going you're gonna to see a couple different terms as, as you go on. I'm going to talk about here in a moment how you can start to, to plug into these groups and become a part of these. But um, a couple different terms that we're using, connect and community. And, and the first term is, is connect. That It's kind of like the living room. We're getting past the foyer a little bit. We're, getting, we're, we're just learning to connect with each other. We're, we're, we're just we're playing a game together. We're starting to, to really understand stories together. Um, and then the second term, community, that, that we're building community and relationship together. And now know your story. I'm going to ask you some deeper questions. I'm going to ask you some tough, we're going we're gonna to sharpen each other. We're going to live life with each other. We're going to share meals together. Um, and, and so a couple, those are a couple terms that we're going to use for our groups, connect and community, so that you kind of know, hey, where, where can I kind of dive in here. Maybe I'm not quite ready for community, but I, I, I want to get into the living room a little bit. I want to start connecting with people. I want to start learning what this whole thing looks like. Um, I did this really fun exercise this week and, and had a blast with it and just loved all of the stuff I got back. So we have some incredible people here at Crossroads um, that have already said, you know what? We're, I'm all in on this. I, I I love this group's idea, and, and, and they've already, maybe they're already doing a group. Maybe they're planning to start a group, but we've got some incredible people here that are just, just excited about living this out. And so I asked them this week, I asked them a couple questions. The first one was, why are you creating space in your life to lead a group? Because I think that's a real question. Like, here's the thing, groups take time. They force you to create space in your life to do something that, may, that could easily be filled with something else. But these people are intentionally creating space in their life to lead groups. And I heard things like this. Anything that can be done to save or strengthen a marriage is important. They're doing a group because anything that can be done to strengthen or save a marriage is important. I heard that relationships are built around tables where we can see each other face to face. They didn't read my notes, by the way. They just, they just said that. Um, 
They said because people desire relationship with others, one of the ways to do that can be found in joining a small group. He said things like, we have a desire to share what we are learning and sit at this spiritual table in communion as members of the body. They said things like, this group allows me to be more transparent among a small group of others who share in the belief of Christ. We support each other, we pray for each other, we show genuine love and kindness for each other and help each other with accountability. I feel the Holy Spirit speaks through us to each other. I never leave a meeting feeling I missed something. I leave it with more wisdom, courage, and understanding of where God wants me to be. That's why they've chosen to make space in their life for this stuff. They said things like, being around loving community that Crossroads is has brought me peace that I didn't know I was missing. And I hope welcoming people into a group will help others find that place. Here's a simple one. I just want to share. I just want to share what Jesus is doing in my life. I want to share it with others. We were not made to live in isolation. Why am I taking intentional effort in my life to create space for this? We weren't meant to live in isolation. This is an opportunity to do life together, to love and help each other as Jesus does for us. The other person said, it can feel difficult for young adults to feel like they have a place in general. I want to be involved in creating a safe space and making people feel seen and known. They want to cultivate community outside of just Sunday morning. These are the reasons why our people are going, yes, I'm going to make space in my life. I'm going to make space in my schedule because this is what's important to me. This is what these relationships mean to me. This is what Jesus is doing in it for me. And the second question, I said, what are you hoping people will get out of your group? So we have a group starting called Love and Respect. They said that, hey, just more understanding and communication with their spouse. Amen to that. Um. We have some women's groups that are starting here in the fall, and they just want more authenticity and maturity are goals of the group, just a place to be authentic and grow in maturity. We have another marriage group starting that said, you know what, I just want stronger marriages and better and healthier communication. Sounds like communication's a key here for marriages. That's good. Um, we have a community group in Ogden that just says, We want them to be encouraged in the Lord and challenged by his word and strengthened in their walk. We have a women's Bible study that said it's just a place where we build not only our knowledge, but we learn how to apply that knowledge and foster relationships. Have another community group that is starting in South Weber. Said we just... We want people to get close and build relationships. I said some other things, but we just want, want people to get close and build relationships. We have a, a going deeper class talking about the Holy Spirit and, and how the Holy Spirit can activate in your life. And said, you know what? We just want people to learn more about the Holy Spirit and the gifts provided through him and to experience a deeper connection to Jesus. 
have a men's group that said, you know what? I want people to show up to this group because we just want guys to learn that a relationship with Jesus is not complicated. Have a, have a group of women meeting online through, through Zoom. Say, you know what? We just want women to have a sense of belonging, a place to find friendship, fellowship, ministry, and prayer. We have an incredible group of young adults. Yeah. yeah. They said, you know what? They just want, they want them to have a place that they feel safe, seen, and known, along with deeper, more authentic relationships with God and each other. We have a, a community group that's meeting in Layton. said, we hope that people grow in their walk and feel supported when they come. I don't know about you, but I read through these things, and I go, I want all of that. And I am excited that there are people within our family that are passionate about all of those things. There are people within our community that say, I want to take what Jesus has done in me, and I want to give back, and I want to bring other people on the journey. I want to sit around some living rooms. I want to sit around some kitchen tables. I want to do this with other people. And so I want to encourage you that if you're in this room today, there's two things that you can do. You see, because what is our win? It's to have people connected in close relationships and growing in discipleship. So there's two things you can do. One, you can find one of these groups. You can go to crossroadsgo.org slash groups. And there's a little button that says groups there. You can click on it. You can see every one of the ones I just mentioned, plus some more. Plus, over the next few weeks, we're going to be listing even a few more that are coming on board. You can see every single one of those groups there. If you have a phone, you can open the Crossroads app that Katie talked about earlier. And down in the bottom part of the screen in the app, there's a little icon that says groups. You can click on that. You can see a listing of every one of these groups. You can, like, filter it. You can search. You can see what part of town they meet in. You can be like, is it a man group? Is it a woman group? Is it a family group? Do are kids welcome? Or is there food? Like, you can, all these kind of different filters and stuff. You can get crazy with that. But um, you can see all these groups. And then if you're like, you know what? <laughs> Forget all that. Just email groups at crossroadsgo.org, <laughs> and we'll help you out. <laughs> You're like, hey, you going to a website. I'm not going on an app. I just, can you just call me and talk to me? Just email us, okay, at groups at crossroadsgo.org and say, help me. I want to get in a group. <laughs> and we're going to make sure that we find a place for you to, to, to start diving into relationship with. So that's, that's step number one. That's one thing you can do. The other step is, how do I start one? Because maybe as I was reading through some of, the, some of the responses from some of our incredible group leaders here at Crossroads, you're just sitting there and you're like, I, I could do this. Or maybe you're going, I have, a, I have somebody else. Maybe they're sitting right next to me this morning. Or maybe they're across the room from me. But I bet, I bet we could get and do this together and we could start a group. Or, or, or maybe, I, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're like, I, I think maybe. I'd like to do a group, but I don't know. And so, he, and here's the thing. 
sometimes it's, it's really, you know, you're thinking about a group, and you're like, wait, I got to be, I need to go through like a year of Bible training, become a scholar, um, I probably need to learn some Greek and Hebrew, um, I, yeah, my house, like we need to do, a, we probably need to do a remodel real quick, make some more room, so yeah, and you're sitting here, and you're thinking about all these things, stop it, stop it. Like, if, if Jesus is, is put, if, that, if the Holy Spirit right now is speaking to you, like, get rid of the buts. Get rid of the ifs. And say, Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Email groups at crossroadsgo.org or in the app, there's an events page where you can fill out a form. Or look, just like tackle me after service. I'm giving you permission just tackle me and say, Holy Spirit's stirring something in me. Um, one of the reasons that we're bringing life message notes back, uh, Katie mentioned that during announcements that we're going to have those in the app and available, is every week those are going to have discussion questions in them. And those discussion questions are meant for you to have during the week because, hey, guess what? You don't have to have a Bible degree. We're, we're going, how can we give you a simple tool that you can meet together in groups and go, hey, this is what they talked about Sunday, but here's some questions for us to kind of sharpen each other a little bit. Here's some questions for us to, to, to encourage each other to love and good works. Here's, here's us coming together, and I don't, I don't have to have all the answers, but let's get together in a group and, and talk about this together. And so I just want to encourage you to, to remove the barriers. And if any of those things that, that our group leaders talked about, if any of those things that the book of Acts and the early church talked about kind of just stir in you, do it. Plug into a group. Find a place to start building relationship and community. Here's a disclaimer. There it, it could be painful at times. It could hurt because guess what? You have to expose yourself a little bit. You have to kind of go, you have to open up a little bit and you, you kind of have to, but it's worth it. It is so worth it when you kind of move beyond the foyer and you start doing life with people and you start leaning into what Jesus wants to do in your life. So it wouldn't be, me here on a Sunday speaking, if I didn't give you the opportunity to talk about this in smaller groups on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Everybody's like, ah. Oh. So this is what we're going to do. I've got four questions that are going to go on the screen. And right where you're at, maybe there's just two of you. Maybe there's three of you, four of you. Maybe you want to kind of turn around, pull a couple other people. Whatever you're kind of comfortable with this morning, this isn't a... This isn't like, hey, we are not creating small groups right now, okay? So you're like, oh, great. If I talk to the people around me, now we have a small group, and we're going to meet in perpetuity forever, and I probably don't even like this person, and oh, this is weird. No, that's not what this is. This is just us taking a few moments this morning to, to kind of talk about this with each other. Um, and as you do that, the worship team's going to going to come up, and, and as you, you're just going to take a few moments just sharing with each other, and, and here's what I would really dare you to do. If you're here this morning and something jumped in you about groups, like, tell somebody, because 
Here's what happens. If you don't, it dies. But share that with someone. Um, and so anyway, those four questions are going to go on the screen. Go ahead and, and, and turn to those around you that you want to, or maybe you see somebody across the room that you want to go sit by. But what do you find beneficial about meeting in smaller groups of people? What keeps you from meeting regularly in a small group? What steps will you take in the next month to create consistency around meeting in a group? And who else can you invite to take those steps with you? So let's take a few moments, turn to those around you, let's chat, and then here in a few moments, the worship team will lead us into just a final song of worship.
thank you so much, Lord, for uh, allowing us to connect. Thank you that you've given us the time to just uh, be able to worship you. I just pray, Lord, that as we go on with the rest of our days, that we can uh, really invest in the people in our lives, God, really be able to apply the message today. I just pray that in your name. Amen. Okay. To the people who don't know what to do, we are done. So you guys are dismissed. Go get your kids. Thank the children's team for watching them all of that so thank you guys we'll see you next week <laughs>